morning. Happy Christmas. Uh, this morning's reading is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for this child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star... They were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The next reading is from John chapter 3, verse 15. That everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Thanks, Caro. Hi, Merry Christmas, everyone. And what an honor it is today to be sharing God's word with you on this special occasion. Before I go on, I'm going to just pray for us that we will really center our hearts because we know, of course, as Amy shared earlier, that it's so easy to just get wrapped up in the Christmas tradition and miss the true meaning that underlies it all. So let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that many of us had to sacrifice sleep today in order to come into your presence. But I want to thank you, Lord God, that even in the midst of this celebration, even in the midst of the songs and the worship and the fellowship that we are going to have, you are here right now. Your presence is with us right now and you are looking upon us and you desire connectiveness. So Lord, as we engage in your word, I pray, Father God, that we will lift up our heads towards heaven and lift and open up our hearts to what your spirit might want to say to us on this day. Amen. So Christmas has been the focus of many, many cultural traditions around the world. It has been the subject of artists, Christmas cards, and we sing every year songs such as Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Joy to the World. But yet in the midst of all the celebrations, all the decorations that are out there, we often lose the meaning of Christmas. It gets lost in that fog of tradition. So for me... Christmas has always been about food, like Rick mentioned just a few days ago. 
Food is a major part of Chinese culture. We come together in festive um, embraces and we, we families travel from afar in order to actually come together and have food. And we have Peking duck, we have roast turkey just like you guys. But it's always the focus around food. The other day I was in Cole Shopping Centre and I was beginning to buy a few nicks and knacks for Christmas Day because I was going to go have a feast with Peter after service today um, at a picnic. And as I was going down the aisle, I was looking for Christmas pudding and the trolleys of the people next to me were full of stuff. It was full of turkeys and hams and cherries. I only wanted one thing and that was the Christmas pudding. So as I went down the aisle, I saw the frozen food section and I saw the Christmas pudding. But as I approached, this one lady opened up the fridge and she took out six Christmas puddings and put it into her stuffed basket and there was none left. I mean, seriously, give a pregnant woman a break. (laughs) Six puddings? Who eats six puddings? But that's just an example of our culture. We are over and abundant in terms of things. Christmas has become about the food, about the presence When I was younger, it was all about the presents and the sleepovers with the cousins. When I got older and when I started studying, it was about the holidays and what I can do to celebrate with my friends on the weekends. And then I started working in a church and boy, Christmas is the busiest time of the year. You can talk to any of the staff here. We put so much energy into the decorations, into the songs, into what actually is put into our news abouts. We put so much in that. But why do we do that? It's because we want you to engage in the true meaning of what Christmas represents. The true meaning of what Christmas represents. So what do you think Christmas represents to you? It's all about gifts, right? Christmas is actually about gifts. But it's about the gift that God gave to us, but also a gift that we give back to God. So as we have been exchanging gifts with each other, our family did it last night. Have we given God any gifts? Or have we been blown away in the the tinseltoe and the colours and the holiday season? There is one statement that is probably the most famous of all time, which summarises the true meaning of Christmas. And that is found in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gifted us his only son. So whoever believes in him will not perish. They shall have eternal life. I don't know about you, but this verse for me often loses its true meaning. 
And it's my prayer for us today that we will understand it in such a fresh and new way. It is a personal sacrifice from God so that we can have a relationship with him because of his immense love for us. His son is God's gift to us this Christmas. Jesus, who was present at the time of creation, became a part of his creation so that we might live. Why? We know the story of the fall of man and how evil entered. But evil did not enter just within the world, but it also entered into the heart of man. And it's corrupted us. James talks about out of the overflow of the what? The heart. The mouth speaks. Proverbs 14:13. It says, A heart of peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Who here has ever felt jealousy, envy towards something? This is the result of the infection that's happened through sin. Evil entered into the world. Matthew 15:19, it says, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. And this has destroyed the world. You open up the news. Where do wars come from? The human heart. We look at some of the issues that surround us, such as global warming. Where did that come from? People. And the corruption and the infestation of the human heart manifest in so many different ways. For example, in loneliness, in emptiness, dissatisfaction in life. And there's a feeling where there's, you know, there's got to be more out there. The heart of the human problem is indeed actually the human heart. That is why Jesus had to come. Christmas is about gifts. It's about God's gift of his son so that we might have true life. I personally believe that within every single person, there is a hole that only God can fill. We search through it through different means, but there is something fundamental about the way in which we created that desires something more, that desires a God. I'm going to take time and I'm going to zero into one section of the nativity story. The other night, if you were here, you would have heard about the shepherds in the fields and the angels came and they went and they worshipped the baby Jesus But today we're going to look into the story of the wise men. See, the wise men traveled from the east from far away to find this child that was supposed to be the king of the Jews. Now, they didn't know where to find him. 
So they, so Herod gives him instructions and he quotes, and we, it quotes scripture saying that he'll be born in Judah in Bethlehem. But then if we fast track the story just a little bit further and we enter the scene in which the wise men come before the Lord Jesus, what was their reaction? It was filled with joy and they fell down and worshipped him. And they presented three gifts. Now these three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, yes, they were worth a lot of money, but they also held a special prophetic significance in terms of Jesus' life. These wise men who didn't even know where Jesus was, if they knew the scriptures, they would know that he was going to be born in Bethlehem. But when they encountered Jesus for themselves, I believe these wise men got a special revelation and they gifted him with three things which held special significance. The first one was gold. Gold is, what, worth a lot of money? I wouldn't mind some gold. I've got a grandma that collects gold pieces um, because they, you know, increase in value. She's of that generation. She doesn't believe in banks. She collects money. She saves up money and she buys gold. Gold is of great worth and value. But gold was also a gift for a king. And when the wise men came before the Lord Jesus and placed gold before his feet, what they were declaring was that he was king of kings and lord of lords. The second thing that they placed before the feet of Jesus was frankincense. Now frankincense was used as a gift to God. It was used as a fragrant incense in temple sacrifices. Quite often, in worship. It represented Christ's divinity. Not only was this baby King of Kings, Lord of Lords, but he was God's son. And in giving him frankincense, they were declaring his divinity, who he was as the son of God. The third thing was myrrh. Now myrrh was a fragrant ointment used in temple sacrifices, and it was particularly used as an anointing oil for the high priest. Thus, myrrh represented Christ's priesthood. But myrrh also had a double meaning. It didn't just represent Christ's priesthood, and you can read about that in Hebrews, but it was also used for the embalming of dead bodies. So the wise men, as they worshipped Jesus and presented these things, they were declaring him as King of Kings, Lord of Lords, declaring his divinity as God's Son, but they were also recognizing his divine purpose. And that was to come to earth and one day die as a sacrifice for us. 
we too, during Christmas, can give our gifts to the Lord Jesus. God gave his gift to us, but we can also give our gift to God. 1 Peter 1.17. Paul writes, he likens our faith as pure gold. So today, as we are sitting here in church, we've dedicated this time to worship him. Let us present our gift of gold, our faith to him. Frankincense, like I said, was used for worship. So we can bring our gift to the Lord in a special way, in the form of worship, in that expression. As we sing our last songs, I encourage you to lift your voices to the King. And the last one, myrrh, is an ointment used for burial. Romans 12.1, Paul exhorts us as believers to bring our gift to him. After all he has done for us, after what has happened, we are to present our lives as a living sacrifice. So what's our response today during Christmas? We are probably going to leave here and we're going to carry on our celebrations. But I encourage you, give Jesus the gift of your heart. Give Jesus faith-filled heart. Give Jesus a worship-filled heart. And give Jesus, lastly, a submitted heart. Heart sacrificed to him. The best thing you can give today to Jesus is your heart. Nothing more is valuable to him. Give him what is broken, what is toxic, and he will make it whole. And I want to land on Ezekiel 36, 26. Now the people of Israel, they've gone and they've become corrupt. Many bad things were happening within the nation. Many hearts were envious. Many people were jealous of each other. Many acts against friends were being committed. And Ezekiel prophesies to this nation. And it says in verse 36, 26, I will give you a new heart and I will put my spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Let's do some heart transplant surgery today with the Lord. Let's give him what we have. Let's give him our heart. So I'm going to invite the band to come up. And I just want to give you some time to respond. In your news about, you will find a poem, and I'm just going to read it out to us. I want us to imagine for a second, this is God speaking to us. If you look for me this Christmas, you won't need a special star. I'm no longer just in Bethlehem. I'm right here where you are. You may not be aware of me amidst these celebrations. You'll have to look beyond the stores and all its decorations.
But if you take a moment from your lists of things to do, you'll find I am waiting here for you. You're the one I wanna be with. You're the very reason that I came. And you'll find me in the stillness as I'm whispering your name. I believe God's whispering people's names today. This is the day that we can reevaluate where our heart is with Jesus. Will you put your faith in Him today? Will you worship Him for all He's done? And will you submit to Him? Christmas is about gifts. Will you gift your heart to Jesus today? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but they shall have eternal life. Giving your life to Jesus doesn't mean that it'll be rainbows and sunshine, but it does mean that you'll have eternal security. It means that you can find peace in the midst of life's chaos and anxiety and rest for people's souls, for your souls. It means that when you seek Him, He will come to you. Now with every eyes bowed and eyes, heads bowed (laughs) and eyes closed, if you want to give your gift to Jesus today, the gift of your heart, and you can be a Christian or a non-Christian or wherever you are at your walk with God. Today, as we sit here at Epping Church of Christ, 2018, Christmas, the day in which the world changed because of this significant birth, will you gift this heart of yours to Jesus? If you want to gift your heart to Jesus, please raise your hand. And if this is your first time gifting your heart to Jesus, let me do a prayer with you. Just say it in your head or in out loud if you want. Because I believe that He's here. And when we take this little step of committing our lives, it's the beginning of a whole new adventure with Him. And if you do believe in Jesus, that is great. Um, You can say it as well out loud as a reminder. Dear Lord, I thank you, Father, that You gave, you gifted us your one and only Son. Thank you, Lord God, that through Him, I can have peace with you.
So today, Father, I gift you my heart, who I am. In Jesus' name, amen.